confirmed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Divergent Politics. I'm your host, Lara Hodge. I'm hyper-political, hyper-online, a Buddhist, and neurodivergent. Because of this, there may be times my thoughts are unclear to people who don't speak fluent Lara. But not to worry, I brought a translator. My husband, Tristan Hodge. Hello. Tristan is apolitical, rarely online except for video games, not religious, and neurotypical. We're very much an opposite attract uh, kind of couple. And also he speaks fluent Lara, so he's here for you. We're calling this episode take two of episode one. <laughs> we learned a lot of lessons from our first video, which YouTube will be glad to hear since we temporarily got our channel deleted from just that first episode. Uh, we're good to go now though. Uh, but we're changing things up enough that we thought this would be a weird episode two. So the first video we put out has been rebranded as episode zero, pilot episode, and this is the new episode one. The reason it's take two is because by the time we got our channel back, all our all the material we had prepared was pretty much out of date. Uh, we decided to push on anyway and do the episode uh, late, and then we had some major maybe technical difficulties, so we decided to scrap it. So live and learn. Here we are. Here we are. Take two of episode one. And it's going to be a great episode for you guys today. So first up, you know what? I couldn't even come up with a funny quip here because I'm just pissed about the topic. So uh, second up, we're going to get a quick uh, history, a labor history lesson, which will take us into labor headlines. Tonight, we're going to be talking about updates on the auto workers and Farmageddon plus new wins for consumers of both products and content. Then we're going to try something with a segment I'm calling Spot the Propaganda. Propaganda can be what is said, but is just as often in what's left unsaid, which can be more subtle. Tonight, it's what you didn't know about Kanye West, yay's toxic relationship with Adidas. And then it's time for our mutual aid signal boost, and we'll talk more about that later. Then we'll get into political headlines. Tonight, Everyone's been talking about the debate, but we need to talk about the pre-show. We don't have any guests for tonight, but if we did, that would come next. And then we'll round out headlines with an apolitical palate cleanser. Uh, tonight, that's uh, Earth's newest moon. Lastly, we'll wrap up any loose ends from the episode and end on a positive note. Let's get started. You ran into it. Okay, and then I apologize. We're doing this first because I'm heated about it. 
Uh, but I didn't hear about it until the rest of this episode was set up. So I apologize if it's a little rougher than the rest of the episode. But let's go. Yep. And meanwhile, California's governor is pushing back on claims San Francisco cleared out homeless camps specifically for this week's summit. Several world leaders, of course, are joining Presidents Biden and Xi in San Francisco for that summit. Over the weekend, city officials reportedly cleared out areas of the city occupied by homeless camps and public drug markets, some now questioning why now instead of months ago. Yeah, why now? Like, what is, why? They said why now. Right. This is blatant. There's nothing hidden there. They, they pushed him somewhere else. So famous people don't have to see him. Ugh. They, they didn't house anyone. They didn't fix anything. No, you're not wrong. All right, let's, let's look. Kind of a long clip. Let's uh, get into the next little piece. Let's bring in correspondent Nancy Liu, who is also live in San Francisco. Nancy, what is Governor Newsom saying? Well, Governor Newsom, Nicole, admits that a big cleanup happened for APEC, but he claims that a push for change already got underway earlier this year. What does that mean? Already underway early this year, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's... I, well, that's irrelevant whether it was sudden or not. Like whether it had been planned or not, how long how long have they known they were doing that summit? Right. It's every year, right? Right. Or every couple of years or something, know. whatever it is. It's planned. Yeah. Like, oh no, it may seem sudden because we've been stockpiling these resources to make it happen. Yeah. It's just we just can't but, have the world leaders from other nations see what we're really like, because then they would come invade us for human rights violations. <laughs> I mean in San Fran in particular. Yeah, that's they, that place is rough. She said she mentions that here. Um, all right. This street not far from where the APEC is happening. The owner of this auto body shop tells me that usually he has to clear a bunch of homeless people from in front of the shop in order to open and customers are sometimes afraid to come in. Major improvement. In okay. Major improvement. I hate the way she just said that. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> just... Someone else's problem. Right. Well, I'm just going to put out there that we actually look for a clip of this. Uh, for, we went through several. The first one we found was uh, The Hill. And the correspondents were just like, oh, 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 could you imagine the, the poor people? Like, it was bleh, It was gross. Mm -hmm. uh, so this lady, while insensitive like to the to the pro she's at least angry <laughs> like is she she they got they yeah she, she says it later the reporter okay like, she's just again insensitive to the problem but she's like she's pissed about the why now piece of it sure Right, sure. like the, you've been telling us you can't do this forever. It's a problem we can't solve, and like that's what she's angry about. Well, definitely keep in mind, nothing was solved. 
No. People were moved from one place to another. Yeah. And nothing they, nothing yeah. was solved here. They haven't been holding they, back on a, on a solution. Yeah, that's what the residents that they talk to basically also say. Because they're incredibly short-sighted. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's someone else's problem today. Yeah. Just the past few weeks, as many wondering why it couldn't happen sooner. We've got miles of new security fencing now surrounding a 12-block area around the Moscone Center. Security fencing? Around parts of a public city? Isn't that a thing that, like, dictator nations do? Isn't that a thing authoritarians do? Put up security fencing to keep their citizens out Maybe of... Maybe they just wanted to make the dignitaries feel... feel <laughs> <at> home. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you'll feel right at home yeah. with the, the security fenced off from them. Don't worry. There's be people being oppressed here, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you won't be out of your element. Ah, which is funny because it touches on the segment we're going to do later. But, all right. That's where dignitaries are gathering for APEC. And all homeless people who lined those streets in that zone just a few weeks ago have been pushed into suddenly available city beds or... Did you guys catch that? Suddenly available. Suddenly available city beds. That's where they've pushed these people to. Which indicates that they were empty for no reason. Mm -hmm. They were emptied. Like those bunch of people were just kicked out mm -hmm. to move other people in. Um, or they specifically built. Yeah, they specifically built space for this. And, and I think it was the second one. Yeah. You I, know, if I kick all these people out, they're right here. Right. I'll bring all these people from this area that I want clear. Bring them here. Yeah. That's possible. I don't know. I I wonder how many actual available. I bet they made, you know, one space with 24 beds and then said, we made some beds sure. available. Yeah. And then told everybody else to get, yeah. Just get out of here. I mean, and. You don't know where to mean to it. We live in the a... three people we found with no legs. We put them in a bed. Yeah, right. Maybe. But, I mean, we we live in a small town, and we were driving down the road yesterday, and saw the police clearing out a homeless camp on the side of the road, and they were just dispersing them, and mm -hmm. they're walking away with their wagons, and so like, where are they supposed to go? You're Somewhere telling else. Tell, tell them to leave, but go where? You, mm -hmm. Like you're giving them no solutions and no hope for anything. What are we doing? Kicking the can. Yeah. That's exactly. We've been doing that for a long time. And I'm. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on. They've just relocated to other parts of town. Overnight power washing of city streets has been constant. Now that the city is in an international spotlight, leaving many to wonder if San Francisco can stay cleaner and safer after the dignitaries leave town. <laughs> no. Let I, me just. No. I talked to my younger brother today who has lived in the worst parts of San Francisco. And I mentioned this story, and uh, the very first thing he said, not a political person, said, no. Yeah, it'll be clean for about five hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's going to immediately, because as soon as they stop caring and stop enforcing, and, mm -hmm. you know. Well, no, it's not even that. They have to clear out and clean 
somewhere over else. here yeah. for some other reason yeah. they disperse them over and they'll come back yeah of course they have no other place right to go. yeah they just it's just like a constant circle yeah. of we chase you out of this place yeah. you go to this place we follow you you chase you out of this place i'm sure if you talk to the people who are i don't know in charge of or work on a crew of people who go and clear these people out ask them are you seeing the same people over and over again right 100 percent, they are all right let's keep going because this is pretty long we skipped oh. it. Ah! Sorry. Uh-huh. My bad. I hit the wrong button. Good for ad for the thing we're currently doing. <laughs> like, missed the... Alright, so we can just back. There we go. Where was I at? Sorry, guys. Right about there. No, I got it. called in the National Guard to help crack down on open-air drug markets. While there have been more arrests, the city has largely remained a haven for homelessness and drug activity. It is less apparent this week, and business owners can only hope it lasts. What a terrible takeaway. Like, I'm sorry, that is like the worst possible capitalist takeaway from this Ooh. entire thing. I, we need the business owners. I, I to feel for them in, in in the same breath. Like they're talking about that dude with the shop. No, I right get on it. The street I like, get it. But like homeless people up before he can open. You're the treating the symptom, not the cause. Like quit. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Ugh. It's again, it's short sighted. Right. It's really short sighted. Okay, let me hit the correct buttons. It's hard to see that these problems can be addressed in a really short-sighted way for specific people to come into town, yet the residents here are dealing with really, really heavy, really scary issues every day, and there isn't a support for us. Like you said, short-sighted, kicking the can down the road. Mm -hmm. no, I, I think she's admitting, like she's saying like, yeah. They're doing a short. So she's short a break. she's a person they're interviewing on the street. Like, yeah. What do you say? Yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. yeah, she's like, yeah, they're doing something about it, but it's short term. It's yeah, not. Yeah, this is stupid. Yeah. And and she's right, man. She's probably dealing with scary shit if she's walking down the street. Right. Like, but, I mean, I'm scared to walk down the streets in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, no kidding. But she's pointing out the hypocrisy of that. You know, when you want to solve a problem fucking can. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to solve it long term, mm -hmm. they fucking could. Yep. Yep. They don't want to. They right. want it to be a short term solution so that they can keep hanging the threat of homelessness over the rest of us so that we are complacent workers. Like, that's the that's the goal. That's the reason why they're there. That's why they can't and won't solve it. Then they can't threaten no, I mean, people. we can't just hand people stuff. No. Like, that's that's you have crazy to earn it. talk. You have to earn a living. Socialism. All right. Us. Are you angry? I'm angry. Yes, I am angry. So you're saying that should be angry. Dispersed. Absolutely. I mean, and to say otherwise just means you're not looking around. You know, just go where, where you see it all cleaned up and like, boy, this is nice. Go to the fringes of that and you'll right. see the truth. Yeah. Something that none of the reporters did. No, not that we, we found. In the multiple things we not looked at. Not one person.
brought their camera crew to where it was just the edges. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or found someone and said, Hey, were you in this area of town last week? Yeah, yeah. I was. I got kicked out. Right. Like that wouldn't be too hard to find. You wouldn't even look it's hard to find things you don't look for. That's like the Bill Maher. Things are great there. Well, you didn't go to Skiv Bro. Well, no, why would I? Right. Well, you say right. things are great there. Well, they're great for the people of your class. That's all that matters. That's everybody. It's like the people who don't see people as people. And I, I cannot wrap my head around it. Right. Before we move on, I just have to say this dude has an epic voice. Yeah, he does. <laughs> just, yeah, 100%. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Like, voice, voice for content production. <laughs> so kind. I would, I would read audiobooks by now, or listen to audiobooks by now. All right. Dax Engler calls it lipstick on a pig and predicts things will it's, be back yeah. to the usual sad normal next week. For APEC, like more than a thousand law enforcement officers from multiple agencies are fanned across San Francisco, a city now infamous for smash and grabs and robberies. So, uh, who out there among us feels safer with that many cops around? <laughs> if I knew that there was a thousand cops in a 10 square mile or however many, square, I would yeah, no. like that as if my life depended on it. Yeah, same. It's, I, I That's never, terrifying. Yeah, I, know, uh, I never feel safer when the police. Like, I'm a middle class, middle aged white lady. Like, the police aren't a threat to me. Right. I know that. I know that privilege. I know that I'm, you know, not the person they're looking for. And I have some freedoms to walk around places and do things that you know, people wouldn't do. Like, uh, anyway. But they still don't make you feel safe. No, no, exactly. Right. No. And then you hear, well, you know, what are you going to do when somebody robs you or who are you going to call? No, I, the, the thing is, I have called the police when that's happened. And all they've done is come and take a statement. And you never hear anything about it. So cool. What did they do to prevent that crime? Fucking nothing. The Only. thing is, if you prevent crime, it makes it really hard to get more money. Right. But then when I when I called uh, the non-emergency line to have a welfare check done on somebody, they tear into the place, popping curbs, three of them, to come do a welfare check on a guy in his car in the parking lot that had been acting funny. It was, like, I, I told you that. If, if that, I saw the complexion of the guy, and if, if he had not been white, I would not have made that call. Mm -hmm. Because I know I would have been putting his life in danger. Right. But he was white, and I was worried about him. But I didn't want to go up and check on, you know, you know, single guy in a parking lot by myself, right? So, I felt like calling the non-emergency line, right? No, three cruisers from different directions into the parking lot. And they just surround him and jump out. Oh, it's gross. It's gross. And so I'm pretty sure he was tired. Like, I thought he might have been drunk, but I'm pretty sure he was tired. It was early in the morning. Obviously, he's been coming off a long shift. But he was swerving while he's driving. He wasn't safe. But then he pulled into a parking lot, which happened to be where I worked. And, and he parked. And I'm sure he just realized he was being unsafe, pulled over, and went, like crashed out. Like, he didn't move again. I was, you know, keeping my eye. And then the police showed up. And then, you know, he had a, someone came and picked him up. And I was just like, nobody was made safer in that situation by involving the police. Right. So when they say... The guy had already done the things. 
Yeah. yeah. When they say, well, you know, you you be you wouldn't be safe if the police weren't. What what are they actually doing? That's helpful. All right, sorry, that was kind of a tangent. We're never gonna get to this. Over the weekend, a TV crew from the Czech Republic here for APEC, they were robbed at gunpoint, and many are... Okay, I know that's not funny, it's, but... There's a lot of jokes in there. There's a <laughs> lot of real nasty jokes in there. Wow. Like, it's the iron, there's irony, so like, you can't, but it's there. But, it's not funny. Right. But... But so it's like, you either laugh or cry, like, right? So... Yeah, but yeah, that was ridiculous. All right, we're on it's here. it's no joke. No, it's a rough town. Yeah, like it's nuts there. Yeah, no thanks. No, not, I don't know. Noting that these cleaner tent-free streets, they are nice. How long can it last? But just to give you an idea of that sad normal, all of these tables and chairs. I talked to this restaurant owner at length earlier. These have to be cleared out, and in the morning when they open up. Because homeless people usually live inside there, they have to clean vomit and feces before they open up, and that's the usual drill. But they haven't had to do that in the past few days. Yeah, I not hope. in the past few days. All right. So, I I, I, I got. Let me pause real quick. We're done. If I was standing in front of that restaurant and didn't have any money to buy anything, there's not a bathroom in miles that someone would let me in. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was going to say is, hey, maybe restaurant owners and people who are having to clean feces and vomit off of their sidewalks every morning, maybe you let those people use your bathroom. I, I'm i not quite there because they don't let them do that for a reason. I understand, but we could change. Right. Like, I'm not right. saying like one individual business owner. It would be a change of the yeah. way we do things as a culture. I'm aware of that. Yeah, but it's... It, a drug problem is causing these bathrooms to not be available to people. Right. And, and yeah, what, what else are you going to do? But if, if the, I got to pee if, and I'm walking down the streets in San Francisco, I am peeing on the fucking street. Yeah. And I had a credit card in my pocket. Like I got money. I'm going to go, but I'm going to pay. I'm not going to go pay someone just to use their bathroom. Yeah. No. Sorry. See, that's where having a penis is an advantage because I am going to go buy a soda at a gas station and get the code for their bathroom. No, it, it's purely for spite. Sure. No, I get it. But <laughs> I don't want to have to hang my butt out on the sidewalk. It's not, no. All right. So next up, we are going into uh, labor history and Okay. Where's that? And then you got the yep. control. All right. And then up here. Okay. So we learned from the last uh, episode that all of that labor history was a lot and too much and very dry. So we decided to pick something in labor history that related to something else that was going on to tie it directly to headlines. So this is our abbreviated This Week in Labor History. <laughs> New and improved. Okay, so this week in uh, 1945, right? Is that what I said? Yeah, 45. Uh, GM workers strike for higher wages and close 96 plants. Uh, the no strike during the pledge of World War II expired 
and several large scale strikes started popping up. I was just about to ask if that had to do with the end of the war. Yep, it did. Because, yeah, they're not allowed to strike. Yeah, and there was, we learned from the other episode that we scrapped that the, that was where the two major labor, politi- or labor mm-hmm. uh, leaders like really differed. I remember vaguely, uh, and I'm definitely not one to slander anyone, but Bush era, like not long after 9-11, the war on terrorism, they tried to they tried to make it so you couldn't strike. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a war time. It's a war time, yeah, yeah. Something that what went on for twenty Right. Uh, you know. Yeah. That's that's Yeah, you can't like I'm sorry, you can't call or can't you shouldn't be able to call like enact wartime things when you're declaring war on a concept. Right. Like, <laughs> there's no like defeat or victory over a concept. And, and I, you know, I don't know deets, but I'm sure these people worked for less than they should have for, oh, yeah, for yeah. a while. Yeah. In hard, nasty work. Right. All right. So uh, this was the longest running strike against a major manufacturer at the time, 113 days. Uh, and it affected 320,000 hourly workers at 96 points. Wow. Pre-internet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pre- so, no, I guess there's telephones, just not a lot of them. Not a lot. Uh, demands included a 30% wage increase in wages and a hold on product prices, which I thought was like an interesting, we don't talk about like, that's a thing we could bargain for. Like we're making these products that we can't afford. Right. And you keep raising the prices of the things so that we still can't afford them. Well, see, here's how they fix that though. They just stop making everything here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it says, most, as most Americans can't afford to buy the things they produce. Yeah. Uh, so the UAW accused GM of creating planned scarcity. I thought that was a new, like, like internet era, like, pop culture term. No. No, that's that concept. I, I feel like that probably predates capitalism. I feel, I feel like it's very, like, it, it is what capitalism relies on sure but i mean even when it was you know there's 10 turtles in this river i'll take eight of them away now there's only two there's a just made a scarcity right but this is this is a specific capitalism technique though sure sure Uh, to maximize profits while cutting jobs like yeah that's capitalism that shit was just straight up consumerism that incentive isn't there can you imagine being being the guy who's like, all right, we're we coming out of the war now. Like, let's start screwing these people. Yeah. Let's let's get to it. So we've talked about those are the people that see people as disposable right. and don't see them as people. Which is it's a, that concept. I struggle with that. Like, I, I don't know. I see people as people. All Weird. right. So... Uh, we got a, a quote. It is my determined belief that there can be no permanent prosperity so long as the controls of production remain in the hands of a privileged minority. That's social. In 1944. Mm-hmm. Like, Still wiping their hands of fighting fascism. Yep. Uh, in the end, the workers accepted a 17.5% increase in wages, paid vacations, and overtime. They weren't even getting overtime. No. No, that wasn't a thing. Um, all right, so that 
uh, sets us up nicely for this week in our uh, current labor history, or current labor headlines. So, uh, so Hyundai, Honda, and Toyota have all raised worker pay since the UAW strike ended. And unfortunately, we did talk about this in the last episode. Yeah. So but, you, uh, the first thing I said uh, when when she mentioned this is, yeah, I bet they fucking did. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was, this is an update from what we did last time. So last episode, we told you that Toyota has preemptively raised wages for workers after the UAW strike gains, and Toyota is a non-union manufacturer. So now Hyundai and Honda have joined Toyota. Which is hilarious that they actually went higher than Toyota did with their uh, increases. Uh, Hyundai would raise wages twenty five percent. Good God! Right, just without strike, without bargaining, without they do not want bargain. Mm-hmm. They do not want a union. Like, do not want it. Uh, Honda was eleven percent, which seems kind of like a slap in the face compared to Honda. I don't know what they were making before it. Do the, the apples mm-hmm. to apples, but and then Toyota was between nine and ten percent, depending on where you were. Um, and then all the companies reduced the time it takes to reach the top pay rate. Mm-hmm. And and I did look into it because I, I I had questioned whether the Toyota race thing was just looking for a news story at the mm-hmm. right time, or if it was an actual difference to people. And it was an actual difference yeah. to people. Yeah, like yeah, it's a big deal. Excuse me. All right, and then um, separate from that, we got... No, they're still bottom on the slide. Oh. Hyundai, Hyundai, Honda, and Toyota. Do oh, not sorry. Employ. You're right. I missed it. Uh, do not, Hyundai, Honda, Toyota do not employ unionized auto workers, making the raises especially noteworthy. After securing contracts with the big three, the UAW said it also plans to organize workers at Hyundai, Honda, and Toyota. Yeah. yeah of course as, they do. As they should. And... and if the people are happy, they're not gonna they're not gonna go through the trouble of joining the union, right? Getting like the union money. That's what I said when I was at Petco. Like every other retail job I've worked at sucked so bad. Like that everybody was miserable. And if I would have been so inclined at the time I worked those jobs, I probably could have gotten you know twenty fucking union cards signed by you know my coworkers. But Petco just like was great. It wasn't like, but like they paid. You know, competitively for you know mm-hmm. being retail, you know, you know it was a and fun if you job. Needed time off, you yeah, happen. Yeah, I, like it just nobody was real unhappy hanging around puppies and kittens. So it just mm-hmm. wasn't um, a lot of discontent. So that's why these guys are doing that, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm living proof that that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, All right now. So uh, the GM workers just approved their contract. Um, 54. Yeah, narrowly. So I, I'm assuming that's just a 50% or better kind of vote? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the holdouts uh, said that the deal wasn't good enough, especially for those workers who've been with the company for a long time. Mm. I guess the bulk of the gains went to the, 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 the temp workers being moved to regular workers and the part-time workers, full-time workers, like, I guess that's where the bulk of the gains went. Mm-hmm. And the people that have been there a long time and already stopped here saw, like, something like a 5% raise compared mm-hmm. to the 20 or whatever, 
twenty or whatever is it? Uh, I saw some of the lowest paid employees were going to get like a hundred percent increase in their real mm-hmm. take home pay, but the people at the top, like they're you know, um, and well, they have to realize that they're playing a numbers game, right? Well, so, but they also paid. pointed out that any deal that didn't claw back all of the concessions they made in two thousand seven is still actually a loss, and this didn't. They were still looking for retiree health care and pensions and cost of living allowances. And they lost all that in 2007? Yeah. So the companies were going bankrupt. Oh, and yep, the yep, unions made were. all those concessions to keep the companies afloat. And then the companies were doing fucking amazing and never. So that's why the strike happened. Because they're like, hey, time to give some of that back. Oh, Okay. Okay, I've forgotten that part. So, so yeah, so like the dollars are pro are you know probably better than they were making in two thousand seven, but those are huge benefits they didn't get. Yeah, and if you remember when they started, they were pushing for a thirty two hour work week, forty work week, like that was a big thing, and that's they never even talked about it again after you know that very first conversation. They were pushing for a forty percent increase in wages. They got like twenty twenty five, right? So I mean, not that that's you know bad wages, but like they it wasn't like the the writers guilds who got everything they were asking for um and so the people who were holdouts here they were like no that's not good enough mm-hmm. like if you've gotten them to concede this far and we haven't put everybody on strike yet we've done keep a couple of, yeah exactly yeah. keep going interesting but yeah. like i said the the numbers game you know the the union's playing that too right you know you know they got to get X amount of people involved, and a bunch of those people are new. Right. So. I honestly, when I heard that it was narrow, I thought it was going to be the other reasons. Like, I thought it was going to be people just being anti-union. Mm. Right? Just anti, you know. I mean, is there any, I don't know. What, I would say that's a weird company to work for if you're not for a union. That's fair. That's not a thing you do. All right. Then we have another update. Uh, last week we talked about Farmageddon, uh, possible, uh, but um, uh, the re the the pharmacy workers walking out. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, this uh, one looking for improved conditions instead of wages. Right, exactly. Um, so now the IAM, which uh, stands for International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, which mm-hmm. I think is an interesting union to to help these guys since there are pharmacy unions. But whatever, we'll take all the help we can get. Um, it's so it's so weird if you're in a pharmacy union right. to just not be involved. Yeah, you'd think that there would be a, a healthcare union. But anyway, so the point is, is that when when these pharmacists and pharmacy workers walked, they didn't have a union backing them. They didn't have a strike fund. They didn't have a guarantee that they weren't going to lose their jobs. Like they were just taking a huge risk. Mm-hmm. And um, and now they're uh, be trying to be organized by you know get union efforts going, which is awesome. Like cause that'll give them the the power they need to actually stand up because the companies to this point. So the 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 walkouts on purpose haven't been strikes. They've mm-hmm. been slowdowns because they're not, the pharmacists aren't trying to affect patient care. Mm-hmm. They don't want their patients fucked over. That's the whole reason they're doing this in the first place mm-hmm. is so that they have the staff to, you know, mm-hmm. responsibly take care of their patients. Yeah, people need their medicine. Right. But so because of this, it hasn't been particularly detrimental to the bottom lines of companies. 
So they've said it has made minimal impact and you know, we're working with our partners and blah, blah, blah. So we'll get these unions going and uh, do an actual, figure out an actual strike. Um, do you think it would scare them? You would think. You know, like, hey, these people figured all this out by themselves, by themselves. and now they're talking. Yeah. Like, Especially with what's what's going on in the, you know, in the world of the, the UAW strikes, all the right. other strikes, right? Right. Yeah, if I owned a pharmacy, I, this would this would worry me, and I'd yep. be checking in with my guys, so my gals, the, everyone. The Pharmacy Guild issued a mission statement on Wednesday highlighting three major demands and goals. Staffing and workload standards to ensure safe patient care. So you said, they're, they're, the wages aren't the issue. I mean, wages are the issue because the reason they can't keep get workers is because they're not paying enough wages to entice sure. people to work there. But wages aren't the complaint of the current employees. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, whatever. We just need help. Mm -hmm. If they would, you know, raise the wages of those workers, they would have people mm -hmm. wanting to come to those roles. That's how jobs work. It, it seems like a pretty reasonable investment to yeah. the person preparing your medicine not to be overworked. Right. Yeah. No, as we were saying that, like, I'm sorry, I don't want my pharmacist or my nurse worrying about their rent mm -hmm. while they're at work. Yeah. I want them worried about me while they're at work, not their rent, not their car payment, not their whatever. Like, I want them focused on me. Like, that's the, that it doesn't seem like an inhuman demand or, you know, request for an employee to ask for an employer to just pay me enough so that I'm not constantly stressing all of my bills and can actually focus on them. Yeah. That's that diminishing returns with labor costs with keep cutting, keep cutting, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a eventual point where the they just can't do it. Yeah. All right, and then uh, we kind of referenced it earlier, but the actor strike end has ended. Uh they uh, okayed a tentative deal with the major Hollywood studios. Um, they, Hollywood actors will return to work ending a historic 118-day strike. Uh, they said, our strike is officially over and all picket locations are suspended. In the same statement, they also said, the contract achieved pay raises, unprecedented protections against AI, and a new streaming participation bonus, among other benefits. So, like, I feel like the, the, the AI and the, the streaming are huge because... Of, well, the, you know, unprecedented predictions is any. Right, yeah, exactly. Because it, there is no precedent. that we haven't figured yeah. out yet. Yeah, no, there is no precedent. But the, but the last time this happened, streaming wasn't really a thing. And so mm -hmm. the contracts weren't set up for it. And so now that nobody's watching TV... I'd say streaming was a thing. It just wasn't 95% right. It wasn't the, the people, thing it is now. Yeah. Like it was there, people still watched, you know, cable yeah. TV. Blockbuster was still around, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the studios initially bristled at many of the unions' ask before reaching a compromise, and it's that's how it works. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Absolutely not. We can't. We can't. We can't. We this can't. is the best. No, nope, that this can't is the best be we done. Can do. nope. Yeah, we can't. We can't. We can't. And then, oh wait, wait, yeah, we can. You know, I asked, and they just can't. And talk to my manager. Yeah. We'll just we'll just wait till you all have been kicked out of your homes, and then we'll. we'll yeah. uh, all right. So studios can resume production uh, that has been largely shuttered for 191 days, 
since the writer's strike began right. on May 2nd. Mm -hmm. So 118 day strike for the actors, but then also I think it was preceded by the the writer's strike. So it's been going on for almost 200 days. We haven't had Hollywood's been shuttered. Okay. People don't have anything to watch. They're watching the news. Oh my gosh, yeah. Which honestly maybe get like if we could get more people away from reality TV and watching maybe not the real maybe not like Fox News version. Maybe like us news. <laughs> and not US news. <laughs> not, not like yeah. Anyway, okay. So this one uh Tristan actually wanted to talk about. Oh yes. Walmart, Costco, and other companies rethink self-checkout. All right. Should have rethought it in the first place. I they should have rethought the dependence on it. Right. I like when I go in for two things, there's mm -hmm. a self-checkout that I'm not standing behind a line of carts with full of stuff and belts. But when I'm in there with a cart full of shit, I don't want to go with the self-checkout. I want to put the shit on the belt. Difference help is, me. The difference is you're thinking about it. From your perspective, right. from you being a consumer, right. they don't give a fuck about that. Mm -hmm. They were trying to cut costs from step one. Yeah. From step one. And they've been threatening, we're going to replace you with robots since the 70s, maybe before. Now, if this was about convenience, then the express lane would have turned into this. Right. Just like you're saying, people who are down for it would be down for it, and it would be fine. Yeah. And... You, it would be way easier to watch for theft and yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Forcing everyone into it increases mistakes. I don't work for you. I don't know the difference between these two apples. Right. And one of those apples is 99 cents a pound, and one of them is 4 99 a pound. Right. I have no idea. And I'm sorry. I'm not a theft-minded person, but if no. I was, I know I can figure out how to fuck that system. Oh, yeah. There's no ifs, ands about it. All right, so uh, self-checkout <laughs> has been around since the 80s to cut labor costs. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. And the companies claim they are making this change to address customer complaints, such as the machines are slow and unreliable and impersonal. Age-restricted items are a hassle, which is true. Mm -hmm. Like, the, these customer complaints are real. Um, and enhanced security measures increase the need for employee intervention, i.e. unexpected item and bagging area. Ugh. You can just say that and watch everyone in the room go, Ugh. PTSD. But the <clears throat> real reason they're doing this is money. Shrink. Of course it's money. Shrink. So yep. the stores that have self-checkout or predominantly self-checkout have double the shrink rate, the loss rate for stores that of are, course they do. are cashier, you know, cashiered traditionally. Um, if people make mistakes, like you said. Uh, people steal by scanning fake barcodes, swapping cheaper items on the scale, and straight up walking out without paying. Yeah. Scan everything, bag it up, put it in the cart, and just walk away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You do. Chase me. Yeah. Not. yeah. Oh, and then non-members sneaking in and using someone else's membership card at Costco. <laughs> Again, money. It's It's their money. It has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with whether you enjoy the system, whether you want it as a, a fix. It's money. Right. So I'm trying to, nice. to yes. uh, for the, the audio listener, I've got some memes tonight. So um, 
Yeah, really should, should, should I describe them? Yeah, go for it. All right, so the headline, me leaving self-checkout after scanning the PS5 as a tomato. And it shows um, uh, SpongeBob running out of Walmart with a TV in his hands or a PS5 or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that is labor headlines. I'm imagining in 1980-something when the first person was like, hey, guys, let's give this a shot. Let's give this self-checkout thing a shot. The very first question was about shrink. Mm-hmm. The very first one. And they still wanted to try it because fuck labor. Excuse me, hold on. Sorry about that. I <laughs> could have breathed there for a second. Sneeze attack. Yeah. Um, so, all right. For this next segment, we're starting something I'm calling Spot the Propaganda. No, I like this game. And the goal is to be able to point or recognize when propaganda is in what's not being said mm-hmm. <laughs> or in the framing versus what's actually being said. Is there a point system? How do I win? <laughs> um, well, since you're the only player currently, you're probably going to win. Sweet. But, all right. So, uh, New York Times, the Daily uh, podcast host Michael Barbaro interviews Megan Chewy about what Adidas knew about Kanye and when they knew it. Um, I know meaning how how racist he is, how right. anti-Semitic. So yeah, I know many people know at least the basics of the story, but there were definitely details I didn't know. So um, before you started mentioning this, all that I knew about it was he had two outbursts. Yeah. And one, everyone was like, dude, you got to chill. And then the second one, everyone cut him off. But it it sounds like it's Mm -hmm. been many, many more than that. Yeah. Um, But that's how it was spun to me as someone who's not involved in like... Right, and we're going to talk about that. I don't know any of this stuff. That's exactly why we're talking about this. Right, exactly. Um, So... The reason I chose this content this seg- for this segment um, is that this episode contains very explicit examples of what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. We um, don't really care about shoes. No, or Kanye West. Or Kanye West. Don't care. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, the type of propaganda is harder to spot, harder to counter. So in this case, for the first time we're doing this segment, mm-hmm. uh, the reporter does the heavy lifting here for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one to t- take New York Times at uh, face value. Quite the opposite. Uh, in future episodes, I'm sure we're going to be mm-hmm. uh, doing the propaganda straight up from the same right. podcast. Because, uh, uh, you know, as well as others. But but in this episode, it, it's, it's a real good example of what I'm trying to do. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Okay, put that there. Get my 
timestamp. Sorry, I thought I had this all set up. Pause, close. We'll all right, there. so we're gonna we're gonna start right where you were talking about um at that first outburst. And I'm sorry, this is a reporter talking to someone from Adidas? No, this is uh, Michael Bavaro does the New York Times Daily Podcast. Mm -hmm. He's interviewing a reporter. And the reporter had talked to... Who researched the Kanye West gotcha. stuff. Okay. ...with Kanye West as he was in the midst of making anti-Semitic... Oh, hold on. I can hear it. All right, good. Okay, sorry about that. I lost my timestamps, but we're ready to go now. So sharing, so good. All right. We melted down. As he, it was like he was having a public implosion, and this company said, we're no longer doing business with him. We don't tolerate this kind of behavior. This goes against our ethics. So we're this ending this This was the first temperance? Right. And end of story. To some extent, yes. What did you say? Was that the, they're talking about the first outburst? No, this is what you're what you heard. This is the last thing. Okay, this, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This is this is what everybody heard. Gotcha. Yeah. He he stepped too far out of line. We're done. His values don't align with the values of our company, so we're gonna have to part ways. Exactly. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um Yeah, that's what that's what we were told. Mm-hmm. Never but heard that. While before. the end of this story had played out in public, there was a lot we didn't know about the beginning of the relationship and about the middle of the relationship. This collaboration was, by and large, a total black box mm. for you know years and years. So right there, first example of propaganda by omission. Like they aren't saying anything. Mm -hmm. For years, like right. they, they are controlling it wasn't the a problem for them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they they knew it was a problem. Yeah, the project was a black box for a reason. Yes. Because they probably were very aware. Yeah. No, they were very aware very yeah. early, and but there was a ton of money to be made. Of course, it, it's always been about the money. So it, in two thousand, we got all these kids to make these shoes. Right. We got to sell them to somebody. So in two thousand thirteen, Adidas had just. Eight per share, eight percent of the market share uh, of of sneakers compared to Nike's fifty percent. Wow, what year was that? <laughs> Two thousand thirteen. Okay, yeah. Uh, so this deal made an almost unimaginable amount of money for both Adidas and Kanye. It's insane to me that a shoe deal takes years. It's no, crazy. it's over the course of years. Oh, it's multiple deals then. Yeah. Is that yeah. what we're saying? Okay, okay. Get out of my way, better sense. Again, I'm not a sneakerhead. I don't know anything about this. Okay. This next piece. Kanye West is hosting Adidas executives and other employees at yeah. his apartment here in New York. And in the middle of the meeting, he forces them to watch pornography, ostensibly mm -hmm. to spark creativity. So this is the, the, he has the executives and people from Adidas over to his house to celebrate this contract. They're having a party. At this party, 
Kanye West makes them watch porn. This is the day they signed the contract. Right around the day they signed the contract. This is the very beginning. I mean, that's weird. I've known dudes that were like that. Yeah, like a billionaire executive, so like you can watch some porn with some friends. No, that's fucking weird. weird. It's fucking, it's fucking weird. weird. Right? It's fucking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Like, like there, there is no devil's advocate. Uh, that's weird. Okay. All right, and that is just the beginning. I wonder how many women were at that party. Oh, about half. I bet most of the dudes brought a date, most of the mm -hmm. chicks brought a date, so I bet about half. All right, so... And hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to wonder if it was, like, I'm going to put on some random porn, like, to, to for creativity, like you said, or if he was trying to explain something. Like, this is this chick is so hot, you got to check her out. <laughs> like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, I if know. it was something specific I'm, or just random porn. I'm not sure what answer for us. Oh, they're both terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was the the very first thing, and so as so far as we can tell, this is the next. Still very very early. They're they're talking concepts of the shoot at this mm -hmm. point, right? There's a meeting at Adidas, um, and so that's this next segment. So, like so still thing. years ago. Yes. Yeah, so first yeah. first meeting with like where they're going over the concepts. Like they talked and whatever, but this is the first like we've got vision drawing boards and whatever. Yeah. None of the designs look like what Kanye had tried to convey that he wanted. And to emphasize his frustration, he takes a marker to the toe of a shoe design and he draws a swastika. He draws an actual swastika on the shoe. He draws an actual swastika on the wow. sketch of this shoe. What? <laughs> okay. All right. So... Does that mean he didn't like that one? <laughs> or maybe he really liked it? Or like, no, more like this. Yeah, I know. I think I think he didn't like it because it was swastika free, and we had to fix that. There are not enough swastikas. Yeah, this on is not the shoes. last mention of his anti-Semitism, unfortunately. No, dude, there's like three of them on the inside. Right. Uh so yeah, so Adidas knew from moment one, right, that this was the thing. Um, keep in mind, those of you know, Adidas is a German company. Oh, it absolutely is. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. They particularly <laughs> don't like Nazis and swastikas. Famously, don't like swastikas in, in Germany. Uh, yeah, they try to avoid them anymore. Yeah, yeah. 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 So let's, let's do the next piece. Do we know where Mr. Adidas stood uh, so uh, during the uh, yes, the big we, one? We do, actually. Hold on. We'll get it. I mean, I have a feeling. Yeah, you're right. I, I assume of what you're thinking and you're right. I, I'm pretty sure they made clothes for the Nazis. Okay. All right. I, I'm not sure 100%, but... So... So now we're uh, 2016 at this point, where we're, where we're picking up now. Okay. Um, they have signed the contract, even though the contract they're in doesn't expire anytime soon. They're making money hand over fist, right? 2016? Yes, that's what that's where we're at, where I'm about to hit play on. Oh, wow. That's, okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> way further back than it. 
Okay. So um, they they want to renew the contract right already because they're making so much money, mm-hmm. but this time they want to protect themselves. So that's where we're picking it. Kanye, basically spelling out certain behaviors, certain lines that attract, that would basically outline the situations under which it could terminate the deal. All right, so I still lost that timestamp. I am Are they discussing exactly how are they envisioning doing that? So Adidas is pushing for something known as a morals clause to go into the contract that would basically outline the situations under which it could terminate the deal with Kanye, basically spelling out certain behaviors, certain lines that if Kanye crosses them, it can have the legal right to say, okay, this deal is over. Right, the kind of moral boundaries under which things would end. Yeah. So, yeah. Did somebody lose their job because that wasn't in place on the first one? No, 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 no. Come on, man, that guy's a loose cannon. He has been for fucking ever. Like, come on. So they do sign this contract in 2016. Okay. Uh, and that year, the prediction was that sales of Yeezy shoes, that was what they were called, was Yeezy. Yeezys? Yeezy. Y-E-E-Z-Y. All right. Like, those are the shoes. Uh, sales would be $1 billion per year, and Kanye gets 15% of that. A billion dollars of sales of one shoe? One Jesus. line of shoes. Right, but still not their whole product line. No, no, no. Just, just the common wow. easy ones. So plus millions in Adidas stock. Um, things went bad pretty quickly after this, though. And before the end of the year, Kanye was hospitalized after a run of super concerning behavior. So this is where you're coming into mm-hmm. the, the. And this was in sixteen. Yeah. Man, that seems more recent. Time, time is. No, the second one is more recent. So I think that's what you're thinking. Okay, so uh, what was I? Uh, at the hospital, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and put on medication, but he wouldn't stay on it. Weird. Weird, right? Uh, one of the stipulations in the morality clause included being hospitalized for mental health reasons for more than 30 days. Um, and even though Kanye's stay was shorter than that, he was there a little more than a week. Uh, there didn't seem to be any outward concern from Adidas. No. Uh, a spokesperson even took to the media explaining away his vile remarks and erratic behavior as the price of doing business with the true creative genius. The dude, and I, the dude, Kanye, literally tried to name the album he released at the time Hitler. That, that, that's what he wanted to call his, his album that came out there. Apparently someone talked him out of that. I, I cannot to- get in the head of a black person that loves Hitler. Dude! I cannot figure it out. I, I can usually, even if I don't agree with someone, I can kind of see where they're coming from, like how they got to yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get that's, it. That's mental illness. So, so um, on the outside, things are fine. All right, we're not talking about this, but on the inside, uh, Adidas staff had to manage Kanye through all of this. Of course they did. Um, they likened it to firefighting, rotating people on and off the Kanye front lines, lest they get burned. <laughs> Adidas even put a full-time HR person on the Kanye team. So no, it didn't get written up for HR violations. They gave them a whole person to 
do the exact opposite of what the person I, I want to put something in perspective, uh, just from the from the last story. So, it was worth it for this company fiscally to employ all of these people to manage this guy, mm -hmm. to keep him in line, mm -hmm. to do all of that, so they can make a billion dollars. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sorry, no, that, no, that's if, peanuts. If I was no, in charge, I would have done peanuts compared to what they're making. Yeah. Yeah. I would have tried to control him any way that I could. Right. Um, I mean, personally, I wouldn't have gotten business with him, right. but that's yeah. a different story. But then we look at what it would cost to add a pharmacist right. to a pharmacy. Yeah. Like, I've seen people spend $1,000 picking up pills, mm -hmm. right? Like, they, there's money made, being made there. Yeah, they could have the staff. But it's not a billion dollars. Right. Yeah. All right. So, but that's not even the worst of it. That comes after everyone quit paying attention to this big scandal. Mm. Uh, as we know, eventually Kanye went too far. He said on a podcast that he could literally say anti-Semitic shit and Adidas can't drop me. It's a quote. Not saying. Do you know what podcast it was on? It was called... Oh. Oh, God, it was terrible. It was drunk something. Hmm. I was more asking if it was Joe Rogan. No, I wasn't. And I had it in my head, and then you asked me the question, which immediately made the name of it go gotcha. Um. Okay, so this was October of 2022. Okay. So that's the one you're thinking of the recent, mm -hmm. like... Oops. The beginning. Yeah, exactly. Right spot. And both parties take a huge hit. The company projected its first annual loss in decades, and Kanye West's net worth plummets. So as soon as they say, you went too far by saying you can't drop us, uh, and actually... I'm going to replay that because my time skip still. Oh, so all that drop happened after yep. he said that, yes. not after they cut him. Okay, right. So, gotcha. yeah, sorry. Let me back. I was trying, hoping my, my messed up timestamp wasn't going to be unclear, but it was. So let me back up. What happens once this deal is off? So Adidas immediately stops selling Yeezys, and both parties take a huge hit. The company projected its first annual loss in decades, and Kanye West's net worth plummets. So that was after the deal was broken. Right. Yeah. So, but this is why I stand by the fact that money isn't real. Like, mm -hmm. if he can have a billion dollars because he has a deal, and then, like, the next day he doesn't have mm -hmm. a deal, and now he doesn't have a billion dollars, mm -hmm. like, that's not real. That's not real. That's not. No, nothing changed about him from Monday to Tuesday. No, but his you know? net worth, yeah, you know, yeah, it, just it makes no sense. Okay. And I I have a feeling they'll burn those shoes before they give them away. Oh, just we're getting to that. That's oh, good. Go. Okay, good. So I'm just gonna let this play instead of trying to drag to the next box. It's pretty close. And so the cost of this over reliance, this mutual dependence that had become so great in this moment, is very clearly laid bare. Absolutely, and it's not over. How is it not over? I mean, it's supposed to be. A, Adidas says over. So even as they're publicly attacking each other, 
Kanye West and Adidas continue to have a shared interest, and that is in the $1.3 billion of Yeezy inventory that are in warehouses mm. around the world. Mm. <laughs> nice reaction. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they stopped the deal. We're, we're done with them. But now, fuck, what do we do? Yeah, they're already made. Yeah. Yeah. And that had been basically just shelved after the agreement came to an end. Fascinating. A bunch of poor kids should get cool shoes. Should. It's not what happens. No, I'm sure that's not what's going to happen. So, six months later, Adidas has a new CEO. And they announce they're releasing all of that inventory. Oh, fun. The first wave of those sales brought in $437 million, of which Convia got 15%. Uh, and Adidas got to say they did the right thing by dropping him. <laughs> This is, you know, if the consequences to a company for doing shitty things aren't real consequences. Right. Like, they'll, they'll find another Oxycontin to make. Right. The, you know, the, they'll make another way to do this. So then the last little bit we got right here. Go out in the world and say, we canceled this deal. We're done with it. We're not affiliated right. with him anymore. Right. From this partnership. And so is Adidas. Nope. I'm going to get it right. Get really messed up. There we go. He performed on stage for the first time over the summer. And music from what is rumored to be a comeback album has leaked online. Hmm. So in the end, despite everything he did, he's still profiting from this partnership. And so is Adidas even as it can go out in the world and say, we canceled this deal. We're done with it. We're not affiliated with him anymore. Right. And, and I think what we were also able to see was that consumers, by and large, were not deterred by what happened last fall. I know a dude that has a pair of those shoes. I bet. I, I'm going to have to call him and ask him. I bet he does. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. People don't give a fuck. Mm -mm. No, because how can you? Because if you have to make every, this is like, this is back to, if you can't have art from an artist who's uh, not perfect, then art's not a thing. Like, so the, I'm, I'm not that the shoes are art, not that the shoes are art, but I'm yeah. saying like, you, I'm with you people too. can only look at the, 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 the politics of the creator of the products they're buying too, so far, like any shoes. And, like, and to your point. If you, if you, you know, didn't deal with companies that had shady past, that would one. already be out. Name one. Yeah. Tell me, you tell out. me where to go. Yeah. Carry them on, maybe. Sponsor us. I like those shoes. They're good shoes. All right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, that is. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. One more thing. Uh, the Adidas CEO has since come out and said that it is possible that the company will never release the remaining Yeezy backstock, which is about $320 million worth. Zero chance of that. Yeah. Zero. So we'll, we'll watch for an update on that. Guaranteed, they hold on to them, they slowly release them, and make a crap ton more money. Right. All right. Now it is 
for our mutual aid signal boost. So during this segment, if you work with a mutual aid group or just know of one you want to shout out, let us know. Um, any chats we get during this segment about mutual aid will be read, even if they're not uh, paid chats. Uh, if you're not watching this live and you want to tell us about a mutual aid group or, you know, other organization that you want to get out there, you can email us at divergentpolitics at gmail.com and we'll share that info on our next episode. If you send us links or contact info you want us to share, we will also include it in our show notes for the episode. You can only, we'll only share your information if you want it shared. If you give us someone else's contact information to share from an organization, we're not going to do that. Um, but if you work for an organization and you want your information shared on our uh, website, let us know. Um, so now it is time for political headlines. So that is number five. Into, yeah, number five. I don't see it. Oh, here it is. Okay, so I know we're, you know, 10 days past the election at this point, but there were some things that I had from that that I wanted to talk about quickly. Uh, specifically, the things that happened, two things that happened in Texas. Um, Texas passed a constitutional amendment prohibiting state lawmakers from imposing a wealth tax. How can you be voting on that and not think you're, like, are we the baddies? Right. Like, come on, man. Oh, you say that, but the next guy, literally, Texas votes to eliminate the Galveston County Treasurer position. Hank Doogie, who holds that position and was elected in 2002, uh, he campaigned on eliminating that position. So he's he got, he got what he did. to ever say or do what he said? Yep. Yep. No, he, Is there a big benefit? I don't, I don't honestly I could I couldn't figure out the big uh logic behind it. Um I just was picturing picturing so many times. I'm gonna run for president on the platform of dismantling the democracy. I, I mean I feel like Galveston is big enough it should have a treasure. Right, but, I'm with you. Ah. No, I'm with you. All right. And then uh no, go back one. Actually, suspend this for a second. And uh, do you guys remember when uh, Biden gaffes were silly and not politically world-ending? <laughs> uh, Biden met with Xi Jinping on Wednesday. He said they made progress on military communications and reducing fentanyl production. And then he said, Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that we used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that's based on former government totally different than ours. Hmm. So, and that's not the first time. Uh, back in June, uh, he he said something similar and uh beijing responded with a statement saying the remarks seriously contradict basic facts 
seriously violate diplomatic etiquette and seriously infringe on China's political dignity. I, I just want to point out that, that, that his reasoning for calling the guy a dictator is that he runs a form of government totally different than ours. Like, that's his, his big reasoning. Hey, am I missing something here? The man's a dictator. Yeah, sure, but that is... He's already gotten... He's, he's trying to normalize relations with China. That was mm -hmm. the whole point of the summit. Okay. So he's already insulted Xi Jinping by saying something about him being a dictator. Gotcha. And they've already responded with, this is, you know... And they had made progress, and right. then he said it. And then he said it again. It's almost like he's unfit to do that, John. Almost, yeah. Weird. Weekend at Bernie's situation. Yeah, weekend at Biden's. So, all right, so now we can go back to uh, this screen. Okay, so the debate intro was sponsored. To, so, yeah, we want to talk about the, the Republican debate. Um, we had a whole bunch of clips from the debate, but since that happened, we've been listening to all the other news outlets cover that, and you know, mostly we've heard you know the things that we agree with. You can only compare five people saying the same shit so many times. Right. So what what we didn't hear anybody talk about was the the pre-show to the debate. Yeah. So the debate was sponsored by the Republican Jewish Coalition, and that should be all we need to say, but it's not though. So we're going to listen to some clips from that. But first, I made some things that I just had to share because I made them. Yeah, go ahead. Put that up. So this is Marianne Williamson's take on abortion. She is unapologetically pro-life, but it is a personal issue for every woman. That is just pro-life with extra steps. Yeah. No pro-choice with extra steps. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> pro-choice with extra steps. Because that's how I feel. Right. I don't think I could ever get abortion depending on, you know whatever, but it's not my business, you know, what somebody else does, like, that, you know, yeah, so, she just, her calling herself pro-life while openly being pro-choice, and then that was her stance on abortion at all, was just, well, however we can compromise, I'll sign whatever, I'm not gonna give you a number, mm -hmm. I'll sign whatever comes to my desk, this is where we need to go. Alright, and then I have to share one very creepy image from oh, the debate. God. Which is Ron DeSantis attempting to smile. And I I will point out, this was not taken out of context. Mm -hmm. This was not a still of him talking. This is his practice pose. He prepared for this. He, he, he It was uh, almost worth showing you the clip for it because it's just creepy. Yeah. But, like He's smiling right there. He said something he thought was clever and then smiled and stuck his tongue out through his teeth. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now we're going to do our uh, clips from the debate. Pre-show. Pre-show. Yeah. Get my... Okay. So we're a little ways into it at this point. Um, and we're just going to let them talk. Yeah, and I, I do think it's telling that someone like Eric Johnson uh, is basically forced out of the Democratic Party in a lot of ways because he believes 
in safe streets. I mean, that's how absurd Unbelievable. it is. Yeah, I mean, it's really incredible that that makes someone unwelcome in the Democratic Party these days. Yeah, it's, it's just truly unbelievable. You look back to 2015, 2016, Bernie Sanders, the socialist views were considered so radical by almost everybody. And you- do, do, Does anybody else remember who Bernie Sanders ran on in 2016? Healthcare? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mostly $15 an hour minimum wage. And, and it's, we may have started a little ahead of it, but what they're talking about was a guy who was a Democrat and he supposedly got forced out um, over the issue of policing and that all Democrats want less police and want to defund yeah, the, the police. Yeah, the, the defund the police he, movement was a he was the step only. too far. Right. He was the only one to speak out against that. Yeah, he was, and he's a no-name nobody because he was the only one they could find. Yeah. Like, this is a non-story that they're trying to make a story. Yeah. Making a point out of an antidote. Yeah, exactly. So, sorry. Shift in front of me. You look, you know, fast forward less than 10 years later, and that's become in so many ways the norm of the Democratic Party, these wild socialist uh, democratic policies that would never have fit in even with the democrat back in 2010 are now mainstream and that's why democrats are leaving the party that's why republicans can't even believe what they're seeing and that's why we're all suffering across the country because the reality is these policies don't work uh you name me a so what what policies don't work the policies that 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 bernie sanders didn't enact when he wasn't elected like she's saying I, I am just always irritated anytime any politician blames one party for problems right because y'all both been in charge of this shit forever y'all both been Back been steering forth. this boat and the boat is going off the end of the fucking earth like yeah, come on socialist or communist country in which they're thriving right now the policies don't work. We don't want them here. We need to continue to educate young people, especially on the dangers of these policies. Teach them about Venezuela. Teach them about Cuba. Talk to them about the realities. Because you're seeing on college campuses young people supporting things like this, but really having no clue about the real consequences of policies like that. Yeah, I think that edu Like what? Like what? Socialism. Socialism. Having so, I, I mean, here's a point out the propaganda point. Sure. Like, they started with a non sequitur. Right. Like, they started on a false premise. This is going nowhere. This was a useless exchange of information. It, but it, they're going for talking points. Mm -hmm. They're going for yep. soundbite, you know, short clip, yep. whatever. And they got it. Yeah. They, they got that. I mean, we yep. are sitting here it, clipping it. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm saying it was a useless exchange, but it did exactly what they wanted it to right. do. Yeah. yeah. I just, God, they have dead eyes. See, that kind of creeps me out. Bad. Somehow. All right, sorry. We got our next one, but I lost the time. I lost the spot. All right, close enough. Let me share here. Oh, no, that, I don't need that one anymore. That's what it's for. 
next one. Yeah, All right. We'll be right back. The RJC's work right now is more vital and important than ever. And that is why for the very first time in history of either party, the RNC has partnered with the Republican Jewish Coalition to be part of our next debate in Miami. The Maybe there's a reason that no party has partnered with the religious Jewish coalition in the past. Maybe, maybe there's a reason. So here, here's what they mean. Like, is it religious or is it a political? Oh no, he, yeah, he they, catches himself with that or later. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, you can't be both. Right. You, you can't, there's reasons you can't be both. Right. And they shit are. like this is trying to be both. Yeah, they are. So we're just we're just gonna uh, we're not gonna get into the clips of the actual debate. So we're just gonna sit here and listen to all of the politicians uh, garble Israel's balls for a minute. JC is vital right now more than ever. We see the atrocities in Israel. We see attacks on our own streets. We need the Republican Jewish Coalition taking a strong stance, and we should stand with them. The Democratic Party is divided and, and no they're not no they're not there's <laughs> like one politician speaking up for palestinian yeah there's not much of a divide there's there. one and she was censured for saying that it's a genocide by 22 democrats democrats so when you say they're divided no biden is full-throated pro-israel full-throated so we're, the fact that they're using this as a like a, a talking point to oh the democrats are bad on this issue okay which ones they, they like it's, to it's starting with with the false narrative right they started with and, the false and, premise and it doesn't matter if it's not true they they say it enough mm -hmm. just in this debate yeah like if you just listen to this and counted the number of times that they that they said something pro-Israel. Mm -hmm. Oh God! I, it would if, be if you, were, if you did a drinking game out of it, you would have been unconscious Wasted. halfway through. Wasted. Like yeah, like yeah. It's 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 on purpose. Right. It's on purpose. They know they're telling they're not telling the truth. Right. But if they say it enough times, it becomes a it becomes reality for enough people. Right. That it becomes truth for enough people. And right. has abandoned oh, this cause. Democratic Party unfortunately has turned its back on Israel. They are home to some of the most rabid anti-Semites in politics. We have to know the difference between good and evil. And I do we do we have to know that difference? No. You don't. You don't know that difference, lady. No, there, there's no such thing as evil. Sorry. That, that's an excuse mm -hmm. for terrible people. Yeah. No, this is I feel like she was probably like in this debate where where she mostly parroted everybody else what what they were saying and where she stood out she was somehow on the wrong side <laughs> yeah i i will say i felt she was the best spoken sure right? she like, had the best rehearsed she had the best talking points prepared yeah, if you were she, scoring performances yeah, for sure. she scored the best sure i feel i don't know Ramos did well too i think yeah. he got a lot of good points in and a lot of good media out of it 
Yeah. Right, we're almost up this. I believe the RJC is going to be a big part of that. I think that people who share the founding values of the United States of America and believe in the founding values of Israel as the Jewish state absolutely should be voting Republican. If you believe that the state of Israel uh, must be protected, the only way to make sure America does that is to vote Republican. If you care about the safety and security of Israel. Who's threatening it? Who's currently threatening? Like, I, I understand October 7th happened, right? But it has not been a continual attack. Like, it's not, it's not a war. They're calling it a war. It was it's an eradication. Well, not just that, but it was like a when that happened on on October seventh, they knew it was going to be a what this was they you know planning it. They knew it was going to happen, but it was their cry for help. Like, what are we? You know, we have nothing to lose, so mm -hmm. we're going to do this. And they knew they were going to be decimated from it. But it's like it was that, and then it was done. Israel has not been threatened like under threat continually since then like we're over a month into this now and no th this is this is a great partnership between uh, people who were actually oppressed and people who are really good at playing <laughs> that they're oppressed right um because i i'm sorry right now jewish people are not oppressed in the world you know there's probably pockets Sure. you know of of um you know different different religious things going on but, but on the whole but on the whole um no and they're actively murdering a people right it's like, like over 10,000 you know Palestinians have been killed compared to the 1400 that were killed from the initial attack and there's yeah. all right let's finish this part the only choice is to vote Republican. If you love freedom-loving countries, if you believe in democracy, if you believe in pro-American values, if you believe in the difference between right and wrong, you should be standing with Israel. That also means that you stand with the RJC and you vote Republican. I stand with Israel, the Republican Party stands with Israel, and that is why we need you. The, the... Yeah, and then there's a weird cutoff. I didn't do that, it did that. That was mm -hmm. a, a crappy. There. All right. So yeah, that that um, lots of gross. Yeah, lots of gross. Um. Okay, so now this guy is the CEO of the Republican Jewish Coalition. So as I was pointing out to my to Tristan, is uh, like, what is the thing religious organizations don't generally have? CEOs. CEOs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and. They are a religious organization. Like they're, they're Jewish, like they're their oh, lobbying they're group. Like, but with they're using religious values as their, you know, mm -hmm. what what unites them. And he almost refers to them as that. Mm -hmm. um, and then he catches himself. So, all right, this is uh, this is fairly long. So we're probably gonna pause and you know stop and start a few times. I'm not sharing it. Can you even hear it? Yeah. I wasn't sharing it. I don't know if you could hear it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't on the screen. All right. 
Sorry about that. I started it, but it's not started. There we go. All right. And you vote Republican. I stand with Israel. The Republican Party stands with Israel, and that is why we need you. The, the mid-1980s, in fact, we have uh, 75,000 members all across the country who are uh, very deeply concerned about uh, U.S.-Israel relations, national security, anti-Semitism here at home. Uh, we have offices around the country, and, and we really have become a preeminent uh, voice in the Republican Party, both in terms of uh, our legislative agenda and trying to make sure that the issues of concern for the American Jewish community are addressed by our terrific Republican allies in the House and the Senate and in the White House when we this, have the White this House. This man's a lobbyist. Yeah. He's 100% a lobbyist. Yeah. I I feel like I've seen that guy before. Well, he was in the debate, like the ask questions. No, I remember that. I, I, before that. Yeah, I feel like I'm recognizing him. I, I, but no, he he's a pastor pretending to be a CEO or I guess a rabbi whatever, religious dude, religious extremist, pretending to be a benign or, you know, organization. No, they're lobbyists. And hey, they're pushing you really for... need to watch your use of extremists for someone who's not brown. Right. That's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. That can be make you labeled anti-Semitic. Not this guy. House, uh, but also we're engaged in trying to move uh, via our political arms, the Jewish vote more toward the Republicans. And we've been really pleased and impressed with the, the, the trends that have been moving in favor of the Republicans in the Jewish community. So what are you expecting from this first debate? This is the first time that a Jewish organization has partnered with either political party to host a primary debate. What, what do you expect? Again, maybe that was on purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, separation of church and state comes to mind. Right. It's pretty basic. Like, like, there's, 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 you shouldn't partner with, like, that's dumb. Who usually hosts this? Usually the media company, NBC, Fox. Um, I'm not sure who usually does. I've never watched a Republican free debate show, so I'm not sure if there's, uh, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, first of all, we're incredibly humbled and honored that the RNC chose to partner with us. You're exactly correct. This is the first time ever uh, in either party uh, that a Jewish organization has been a partner in a national Good. presidential debate. And Good. That, uh, uh, Chairman McDaniel has reached out to us and asked us to, to participate. Makes me uh, question her competence. <laughs> uh, at this moment in time with everything that's happening uh, over in Israel, we think that... Uh, the issues that we're going to talk about uh, at the debate uh, are so important, not just for the American people to hear, but also our friends over in Israel to know that they have such strong support from our Republican. Oh, the, the amount of coddling in this whole. Dude, they're aware. Oh, yeah, they know. They know. Yeah, yeah. No, they're the only one count on it. Yeah, they're fucking aware. Yeah, no, it's, uh, oh, God. I'm not to audibly gag. I'm sorry to audience. <laughs> I'm doing a great job. I just <clears throat> the it's so gross. It's so blatant. It's the propaganda. Tell you what, if this was the I don't know Republic Buddhist coalition, people would be losing their losing their minds. Or the Republican Muslim anything coalition. Anything else? Could you imagine? 
And I don't think they could have gotten away with this if it wasn't for the timing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's because of the, yeah, no, it's only because of what's going on that they were able to do that. Mm -hmm. But like, even like the Republican Baptist coalition, there's probably like 20 black, you know, conservatives that, whatever, they're still not partnering with them. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. All right. Presidential candidates. Uh, and also the international community. They need to know as well uh, that despite they're also uh, aware they signals coming from the Biden administration. <laughs> Mixed signals coming from the Biden administration. No, they're pretty clear. <laughs> Loud and. <laughs> that's that's the premise. Right. That's the premise that they're going to start with. Yeah, yeah, no, they you, have you to. Can't, you can't shit talk people for doing the same thing that you're doing. Right. Right, it doesn't work, and they're so used to being on the opposite side of things from the Democrats that they can't even like fathom what to do that they're on the same side of the things, so they're just acting like they're on different yeah, sides of it. That's exactly it, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, it's so stupid. So, so, I can imagine, you know, if I came to him and said, Oh, what do you think the Republicans are doing about this? a Democrat would respond. They're probably, they're, oh, they're doing yeah. this and they're doing yeah. that. And it's like, they don't even know. No. Like, don't even know. Or they know and they don't care and they're lying. Yeah. It's silly. All right. We got like a minute and a half left on this one. Administration. There is zero daylight uh, between the Republicans running for president uh, and Israel. And that they. <laughs> you heard it. Zero daylight between the Republicans running for president and Israel. I hope that comment comes back to bite him in the ass later. Fully support Israel's right to defend itself from Hamas, eradicate the threat from Hamas, and ultimately destroy Hamas. I agree with the first two of those. Israel has the right to defend itself if it was under attack. Mm -hmm. It's not currently. It was the one day I understand there's still hostage stuff, right? And, and there's a reason we're not talking about this, about the whole situation going on over there a lot. And part of it's because we're new and we're still trying to make sure we're not crossing lines for censorship and uh, that kind of stuff. But partly it's because a lot of the other you know news I'm listening to is covering it. And there's still other news going on. Mm -hmm. So um, we're kind of more focusing on the other things, letting, letting the people who are already well-versed and good at cover that the but. big takeaway from the everything going on in israel right now is that x percentage of the u.s population wants this over right wants a ceasefire and when last i heard it was 60 percent 60 something percent um, more than half more than half um but we look at the people representing us and they are 98 percent right on the balls right and that's not how a representative democracy works. No, it's not supposed to. These people are not representing us. No, they're and representing their the donors. Right. They're representing these fucks, mm -hmm. the lobbyists. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the, this guy is the, you know, that's who they represent. Yep. So uh, we're really looking forward to, uh, to all of that coming out of the, the debate. So it really does seem like recently we've we've been really horrified by the anti-Semitism we've seen on college campuses, members of Congress repeating Hamas propaganda. Oh my God. Nobody repeated. 
That man is half shaft right now. Just <laughs> thinking about it. Just thinking about a bunch of Democrats just just speaking Arabic on the Senate floor. He is half shaft, dude. He is playing pocket pool right now. Oh my god. Hey, just like imagine if if while while she was saying the thing that she said, which was can we not exterminate my grandmother? My grandmother lives there. Can, she, can we not do this? Like, okay, well, I don't know what I was going to say. All right, let's, well. And refusing to retract it after all the facts come out and fully debunked it? Debunked <laughs> Debunked it. Debunked what? <laughs> debunked that her grandmother lived there? Does she not live there? No. Who do you know? They're talking about the from the river to the sea. Um, that's what she said. And so the, the the saying means that the Palestinians have said, from the river to the sea, uh, Palestinian people shall be free. What that means is they want to be free citizens in Israel. They want a one state. Like, they just want to exist where, and have the full rights of citizenship and whatever. The problem is, is you can't have a Jewish state if Palestinian citizens have equal rights. Because then you have a Palestinian state with a majority, where we have the, you know, major Jewish population, mm-hmm. but it's not a Jewish state, right. which is very important to the concept, right? So she said from the river to the sea, and they're, 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 the propagandists have claimed that that is a call for the erasure of Israel. The Palestinians want to wipe Israel off the map and take back over all of Palestine from the river to the sea for themselves. Um the key term there is take back. Right. <laughs> that that's come on, guys. Like you're no, we but we can't look too deep in that because then we have to look at ourselves and right. where, where we took land from. Right. Oh no, we we definitely can't even look at that because because oh my god, could you imagine if we had to give the land back to all the Native American population? I'm not saying we shouldn't, but could you imagine the just like clusterfuck that would ensue, like? If if we actually did start looking back at our you know our history and trying to make it right, I can't even fathom how that. Yeah, I can't no. even. Okay, um, when you see that sort of uh, really horrifying actions from members of Congress, what's your reaction? To that what do you say to the American people when you? Speak? <laughs> He's like giddy. Like- <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, his hand is on his stick right now. He, he he's like talking about like terrible, horrible things, and he is like. Schoolgirl grinning and eyes all. Oh, he's so creepy. He's like trying to be. He's like Tucker Carlson, so like a Teletubby trying to be Tucker Carlson. That man has a piece of of Nazi propaganda oh. in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazi like propaganda. Yeah, like a hat or a, hat yeah. or a helmet, yeah. radio, something, something in his closet. He's proud of it. Yep. Shows he shows it to certain people. <laughs> See that. Look, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because when you see, for instance, in Washington this week, and it's been happening in major cities all across the country, these uh, sympathy rallies, um, you know, it, it, it's a binary choice. These rallies are not to support the Palestinian people. They're su- there to support Hamas. Sure they are. Sure they are. Yes, because the American population is known for coming together and supporting Terrorists. We love terrorists in the United States. That is sarcasm. You too. We don't. Like, no. It is absolutely it, to support the Palestinian people. To just, to just think 
what it takes in America after 9-11 for a bunch of people to get together and say, please stop killing these brown people. Right. Like, for that to be happening right. on a big scale. And people are like, what the fuck is going on? Like, people are fucking upset. Yeah. No. Like, stop. Uh. Terrorism in effect. And this is really a time where we need to take a good hard look uh, at, uh, you know, the, the who is with us and who is, is against us. And, and you know, for far too long, I mean, I think we have a problem in this country and it's been brewing. Who's with us and who's against us? Who's us? Like, is us Israel? Is us all Jews? Is us conservatives? Is that like, like the, the life is not who, a binary people choice. People who don't like brown people. Yeah. that That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the group. That is the group here. With it has nothing to do with Jewish. It has nothing. Well, I mean, it does. Right. It, it does have a lot. That's dumb to say. I'm sorry. No, but I get you. It, but, but I get you. It, it's it has a lot to do with not liking brown people. That's it. For a while on uh, uh, a rising anti-Semitism. There's no question about that on the right and on the left. Um, when it's on the great. right, it's, it's we, we, from an RJC perspective, work very hard to, to you know, put an end to it. Um, and it's limited. The- it, when anti-Semitism and hate speech happens on the right, we're we're on that shit. We got it. We're we're keeping them under. We we got it. It's cool, guys. Don't worry about it. And it's limited. There's there's not a lot of it. Like it happens, but when it does, but we, we can't do anything about it on the other side. Yeah, well, yeah. Problem with on the left is it's integrated into the very fi- fabric and fiber of our country. This is anti-Semitism <laughs> that's being tolerated. <laughs> promoted and encouraged on American college campuses in the halls of Congress. And there is no accountability and there is nobody being held to, to task for doing it. And that's, that's how it seeps into the broader, the broader public. And that's why it's so troubling. It does seem like the con. So, so they can control it in a college for the right wingers. But it's just too ingrained on the left side of the same university. Right. They still segregate classes. Oh, no, I think he's talking about broad population at this point when he's talking right and left. I don't think he's talking about universities. No, but that was like, an he's example. Talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know he's talking the broad population. But, like, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just, it, it, it happens everywhere, but when, it, when we do it, it's fine, and when they do it, it's catastrophe. It's easy. Contrast between Republican candidates, like you mentioned, saying we stand with Israel 100%, Israel's rights to defend itself, Hamas must be eradicated, versus a Democratic Party that's calling for a ceasefire in their words, which really would just be a gift to Hamas. I mean, that, that contrast really does seem to be growing recently, especially in recent weeks, as we've seen the reaction to these horrific attacks that happened. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a binary choice. It's a choice between good and evil, and you have to pick a side as to what you want to, where you want to stand. But you know, you make a good point. You know, one of the things I talk about a lot in my yeah, yeah, in my yeah, good and evil. Mm-hmm. All right. And any I- any situation or any conflict can cannot be narrowed down to good versus evil. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's it's, no such thing. Nothing is Everything a binary. Is nothing great. is a. I mean, maybe a binary star. Like that's it. Like that's the only thing. Like. No, there is no good versus evil. There is context and, you know, whatever, right? And, uh, again, we're not saying Israel shouldn't 
defend itself. We're saying that's not what they're doing. Right. Like they're not currently under attack. No, they are. Yeah. Let's hold on. All right, we got one last uh, segment here. Oh, you froze for a second. How do we look up? I'm sorry. All right, we got one last clip here. So one of the great things that you had as well recently was the uh, conference you had in Las Vegas where Republican candidates. Oh, God, this is so gross. This is where we're going to learn what an absolute useless piece of shit our new speaker of the House is. Oh, right. Yeah. Came. I was hoping you could tell people more about that, the support that you saw, their message you heard from some of these candidates. I uh, really just describing what, what happened there. So it really was uh, an incredible conference. We do these conferences every year in, in Las Vegas, and we really attract. And that's just funny to me. Like the, the party of conservative Christian values. Every year we go to the city of sin and debauchery. Look, 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 look. It's not just conservative Christian. It's also conservative Jewish people. Oh, it's also Nazis. And it's also, yeah. Uh, it's just it's hilarious like at least have like some cover like bounce it around move it from city to city go to nashville yeah, vegas year. every year oh, vegas every year they have their favorite so, so to to here's one of those things i would love to talk to an individual who helps people find drugs mm. in las vegas say a cocaine dealer right and ask him what's it like that, that weekend, weekend? Because you know it's different. It's different. When there's a have... doctor convention and then a Comic Con, like you have a different clientele right. uh, procuring your yeah, services, yeah. right? I want to know what it, what it is. What's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? Right, let's keep going. Attract uh, the top echelons of the Republican Party to come and address uh, our organization. Obviously, with the events of October 7th, it took on an even greater significance uh, to be able to have all those folks come. Uh, to join us. It was the largest one we've ever had in history. Uh, and it really allowed them to to show their solidarity. And so, um, you know, I was reflecting on this and I was, you know, sort of struck by the fact that, you know, I don't think there's any other political organization in the country. <laughs> Did you hear it? Did you hear it? He almost said, I don't think there's any other religious, I mean, political organization in the country. Can they play again? No. Uh, that would be able to have and to get the kind of speakers that we had for our Vegas conference. I mean, we had everybody from President Trump to all the other major presidential candidates. The new Speaker of the House, literally in office for 36 hours, dropped everything that he had to do. In terms of oh, my God. So, like, they've been going. So they had no speaker for, like, what, two or three weeks, right? And it was the end of the fucking world. Yeah, it was end of the world. So we finally settled on this guy who we're learning is just a terrible like waste of air and i will get into that yeah that's that's a, that's a yeah different conversation but he's facing crisis right government shutdown looming like we right, got we got work to do but right like yeah 36 hours into office he drops what he's doing in dc flies to vegas to keynote speak for the republican jewish coalition wonderful right wonderful. good job that probably an impartial speaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, transitioning into the office 
flew out across the country and keynoted our dinner uh, Saturday night along with Majority Leader Scalise. Um, the, the depth of speakers we had was impressive, and I think it's a testament uh, to how deeply uh, our Republican leaders care about Israel, uh, how much they support it, and how much they wanted to to be here with the Jewish community while we're, you know, in the and how much money is to be made by the defense contractors and therefore their lobbyists and therefore those politicians to be made on this crisis. It's it's see-through. Yeah. No, it's absolutely it's transparent. Not mystery. Mm -mm. In this time of, you know, this this traumatic time in the show and help us, you know, with the healing process that we're all going through right now. I think it was a, a really a testimony to, I heard Speaker Johnson talking about this in a recent interview. First things that they do when he comes into office as Speaker, oh, pass a resolution great. supporting Israel, yeah. flies to the conference to really stand in solidarity with uh, Israel to really express support for Israel, and then comes back, passes an aid package for Israel. One, two, three, really seems like it's a high priority for them. First three things he does when he's elected to office. We got real problems here, here. That that your first three priorities are, uh, you know, like we condemn everybody, like an official fucking wag your finger, and then fly across the company or across the country to suck the dicks of their donors, and then fly back and pass an aid package. Congratulations, really a man of the people for the people mm -hmm. here. Exactly what's going on here used to be illegal. Right! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though it was still happening when it was illegal. It wasn't this blatant. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy cow, dude. Yeah, some shit used to be done behind closed doors. <laughs> I mean, cool. No, but this is what Donald Trump proved. Like, Donald Trump proved through his initial campaign. Something that we've always said, but no, I don't know if I've ever really believed that, like, they get you in the lie. Like, every person, every politician who's ever been busted for something mm -hmm. and kicked out of office and had any kind of repercussion, it wasn't for the thing they did. Right. It was not for the thing right. they did. It was for lying about yeah. the thing they did. And Donald Trump owned all his shit. Read my lips. Right. No, but, but Donald Trump owned his shit. Mostly. Like, yeah, I did that. So they could never make anything stick. Because there was never a gotcha. Because he's like, mm -hmm. no, I got me. It's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what you, what's your point? This is fine. And I do it again, right. too. So, no, he, he absolutely proved that, that, that as long as you're honest, you can do whatever the fuck you want. For the Republican Party, the new speaker. Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, the, the values of the Republican Party are so aligned with the values of the Jewish community uh, as it relates to, uh, to Israel and, and the need for Israel to... Uh, have the support from uh, U.S. elected officials uh, at this difficult time. And it's really, uh, again, as you said, a, a great um, reflection on the speaker who we think is going to do a terrific job. For who? Do a terrific job. He's already for... doing a terrific, a great job for you. Right. Not doing a great job for anybody else. All right, we got one more minute. Uh, he really 
connected with the audience in Las Vegas. It showed that this was personal to him. Um, you know, the reality is that uh, all of the speakers we had in Las Vegas, and I think this is an important point, obviously with the exception of the speaker, because he you know, was on speaker <laughs> for 36 hours, but every single one of the speakers that we had on the program in Las Vegas had actually confirmed uh, and agreed to participate before October 7th. So it's not like... I'm not sure if that's better or worse. Like, maybe neither. Like, like the date was planned. Here, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's change what he said a little bit. Okay. okay. Everyone else, except for the one that I just mentioned, every single one of them were before October 7th. Right. You're fucking lying. Think so? You're fucking lying. You're telling me no one... Called the sign up after, after that, that happened? Yeah. Not a one? one. You're yeah, a fucking me. liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Like I got a bunch of flurry of calls on October the 8th. <laughs> saying, hey, no, he said really he didn't want to be there Here, six hours. Oh, I know that's what he said. And I'm saying he's a fucking liar. Yeah, yeah. program in Las Vegas had actually confirmed uh, and agreed to participate before October 7th. So it's not like I got a exactly. bunch of flurry of calls on October the 8th. Liar. Saying, You're hey, liar. we really want to be there. These were people who had already made it. No, no, it was October 9th. It took him a day to right. figure it out. Right. So they called on the 9th. So he's not lying. He didn't get that call on the 8th. And, and again, maybe it was only three people. Sure, whatever. But, but not none. Not zero. But not, zero. But not, not zero. None. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly the same thing as it's binary, good versus evil. I'm sorry. Things are not... No. Cut and dry. They're no, not black and white. Like it, whenever someone makes a black and white statement, they are lying or oversimplifying mm -hmm. because nothing is that simple. Right. We're almost over this. I thought it was important enough uh, to stand with the Jewish community even prior to the October 7th uh, uh, tragedy. So we're encouraged by that. And uh, uh, again, I think it speaks volumes of where our party is today. I think to that point of where. All right, so that's it for that. Yeah, I don't think I can listen to any more of that. Yeah, right. That freaking Chucky doll on the left is freaking me out. Seriously. Okay, so now, as if we had any guests, this would be, we've got that. So now we're, we're going to do our quick little uh, shameless plug here. Um. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us, we've got several ways you can do that. Uh, first of all, we've got merch. And not just any merch. Nuendo merch. Let's share show you guys this. So here's our merch store. It is, you can find it at divergentpolitics.com slash merch. So we've got t-shirts. We've got uh, sweatpants. Uh, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, hoodies. I know I'm scrolling a little fast, but uh, you can find all that in the end more at uh, divergentpolitics.com slash merch. So just so you know about the store, when we first set it up, uh, the sales prices given to creators was uh, anywhere from 30 cents to $30 per item. And that depended on what you bought. So we didn't want to fuck with your money, we decided to price every item to give a flat $10 donation, no matter uh, what you buy. So every time I've ever bought merch for a creator I like, I, I've always wanted to know how much of that money actually goes to the person I'm trying to support. So with us, you know, it's 10 bucks. 
Um, if you want to get a free iHeartDP sticker, you can sign up for the Divergent Curious tier on Patreon for only a dollar a week. Just let us know where to ship your sticker and what color you'd like. You can check out DP Merch Store for color choices on the stickers and other products. Uh, you'll also be invited to join our monthly Rant and Ramble on Rumble episode. That is going to be for paid subscribers. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if you sign up for the Confident Divergent tier for only $2 a week, you'll get the sticker and invite to that Rant, Ramble on Rumble. Rant and Ramble on Rumble, and you'll also get 10% off your first purchase at the DP Merch Store. Uh, this tier is also available on Substack, and they include a discount if you pay annually. Uh, on the off chance you happen to have fuck you money, uh, you can sign up for the Dominique Divergent tier at a whopping $100 a month. That kind of love gets you FaceTime. You get the sticker, you get the Rant and Ramble on Rumble, you get the DP Merch Store discount. And you get the opportunity to join us as a guest host for a future episode of Divergent Politics. What a sweet deal. Other free perks of Substack is, one, they host the show as a podcast. And two, you can sign up for free uh, to keep in touch with us. If you ever need to make a last-minute change to a scheduled show or uh, have any events coming, that's where you'll get notified. If you sign up for that newsletter, you'll get an email. Um, so links to all of these, all of our socials, everything can be found on our website at divergentpolitics.com. We also have links to the episodes there. So now let's wrap things up with an apolitical palette cleanser. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So I said at the beginning... So I just want to start out. I have seen this headline, and every time I've seen it, the 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 biggest part of it was that it was women. Oh my god! That that was the big focus. Jesus. That so hey, first women go up in space. Here they fucking drop something. Um, this has always been a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is no, a I, very serious problem, right? And it has been done many, many times, times before. All right. Yeah, lots of astronauts have dropped lots of shit. Yeah, so let's get into it. So uh, during a spacewalk at the International Space Station, astronauts lost hold of a bag of tools. It'll be visible from Earth with binoculars until it burns up in the atmosphere in a few months. With binoculars? Yeah. That's rad. So that's why uh, I say you could say that we have a new moon. Uh, I looked up multiple definitions to see for sure if I could get away with saying that and you could. I guess it'd technically be a satellite. satellite right. The, yeah. the terms moon and satellite are They're pretty much fair, interchangeably. interchangeably. So, yeah. so we have a, a new small moon for a couple months. Um, NASA has analyzed that the bag is uh, the bag. Sorry. NASA has analyzed the bag and determined that risk to the ISS was low and no action was required. So that's that's the good news. So, uh, in September 2023, the European Space Agency estimated 35,290 objects were being tracked and cataloged by various space surveillance networks. And not all of those are human-made. No. Like, some of those are just are just literal satellites. But there's, there's um, a whole lot of space junk. A whole lot of it. Yeah. This, this makes me laugh about... I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going... 
All the titanium iPhone ads I keep seeing. So they used to make satellites out of titanium. Yep. And they stopped doing that because it won't burn up. Right. Be because it, it lasts forever. Right. On a thing that doesn't need to last forever. Right. So I'm so glad that all of these iPhones are being made out of titanium so that you can upgrade it next year. In a year. Yeah. yeah. We need it to last forever. And they're breaking because they're not as flexible as the glass. So oh, with, of course. when the phone yeah. bends just a little bit, the, the titanium is so rigid that it, it can't give, so it, it breaks. The majority of a phone is made of glass. Right. Making part of it out of titanium is not going to make it as strong as titanium. No, no. That's, like, that's like me, you know, happening to amputate my foot. And I got a titanium foot. And right. then I'm like, fuck you, I made a titanium. Right. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you just don't. You have a titanium yeah. foot. Like, congratulations, it'll never biodegrade. Yeah, great, cool. All right, so that is uh, all we have for segments tonight. Um, is there any final thoughts? Anything you wrote down, wanted to circle back to? Uh, I hope uh, if anyone has any comments, you know, shoot us an email. Uh, we're pretty amateur, but uh, we're serious about getting this stuff out there. Yeah. And uh, if you have any questions um, or, you know, we said something that didn't make sense. Yeah, um, yeah call us out if we're yeah, wrong. Reach out but, to yeah. us. Yeah, tell us we're wrong. We're wrong all the time. I'm married. I'm wrong daily. Um, you know. Does that mean I'm right daily? That's what that means. <laughs> See, she's right. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to interact um, with people a little more. Um, yeah. That's okay. All right. So we're gonna wrap with on positive note. Uh, we always want to try and have a silver lining closing. We know the topics that we cover can be bleak, so we want to end our episodes on a positive note. We'll try to find a silver lining in the topics we've covered today. If we can't find one, if the topics are just that dark that we can't find one, uh, we will take a moment to say something we're grateful for today, just so we aren't leaving you all on a bad note. Uh, so today's silver lining is that the tool bag is not on a dangerous course. Uh, there's very little room for oops in space. And that seemingly small thing of dropping a tool bag could have had catastrophic consequences. And I'd like to add that it's not as big of a problem because they don't make that shit out of titanium anymore. Right. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So that's our show. We hope you join us next time. Just a quick reminder to head on over to our website at divergentpolitics.com for links to all of our socials, membership, membership signups, and the DP merch store. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs>